Hello and welcome to another episode of Full Court Finance here at Zacks. I'm your host, Ben Rains. Today we're taking a look at three great value stocks that have also been able to climb a lot over the last several years that are worth considering now as the market kind of recalibrates its inflation outlook. But before we get into everything, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast and make sure to check out our zacks.com slash promo page for looking at some of our services, portfolios, and more. So before we jump into these three stocks, it's just quickly worth going over the simple broader market overview to give a sense of why we might be looking at three, three stocks in particular. So the NASDAQ fell about 1.8% on Thursday. The Dow was down about one3 and the S&P 500 was 1.4% lower. We saw some more selling to start the morning on Friday with the last time I looked around mid-morning with the NASDAQ down around 1.2%. And this selling has snapped a nice run uh, for stocks earlier this week as Wall Street had been shaking off worries about lingering inflation after the January CPI release, unemployment data, and various other economic indicators, including retail sales. But even though inflation is cooling and Jay Powell and the Fed have acknowledged as much, Wall Street's growing a little bit uneasy that unless this January data proves to be a bump in the road, that we might have to really recalibrate those inflation outlooks because things came in pretty hot. So with U.S. unemployment still at 50-year lows, 4.3% uh, in retail sales up in January, with people willing to spend on things such as eating out and drinking at bars, which hardly spells cooling inflation or really a pending recession, that could be not the best sign. And then on Thursday, producer price index uh, jumped 7% on a month-over-month -month basis in January, uh, which was the largest climb since the summer, and it came in well above the 2% dip in December. So that wasn't a great sign. So everyone's hoping that this will be just a little blip on the radar. But because of this, Wall Street's had to recalibrate some of their inflation bets. So in the Fed policy bets with the two-year U.S. Treasury all the way back up to about 4.63% Friday morning, this is up from recent lows of 4.1% in early February. And tracking back near that high watermark of about 4.75% in early November, which was the highest level in, uh, since the pre-financial crisis era. Uh, the rapid surge in short-term yields showcases that investors have been once again forced to recalibrate their Fed policy uh, outlooks as inflation just really remains stubbornly high. That said, the bears are still far from declaring victory, so nothing, I'm not calling for any like massive sell-off just yet or anything like that with the NASDAQ still up about 14% year-to-date and well above both its 50-day and 200-day moving averages. The S&P 500 is as well. But the market might have to start buying stocks sooner than later if the bulls do want to hold that line. So with this all in mind, we could see some chopping around recent, or at least until the next Fed meeting, which is on March 22nd, and then we won't see Q1 FY 2023 earnings results for a couple months now, since we're still uh, waiting on Q4 reports and quarterly reports in the next couple weeks from some of the big retailers. So we could see some chop until we have some big catalysts. Uh, so with this in mind, we're going to take a look at three stocks, as I said, that are value-focused, so they're not overheated in any way. But they also operate steady business models that have been able to grow over the last several years and far beyond that, that also look poised to grow. So the first stock we're going to look at today is Cardinal Health, which trades on the ticker CAH. Cardinal Health is a distributor of pharmaceutical and global manufacturer of uh, medical products. So basically, the, the firm is a healthcare products distributor that benefits from the benefited both from the COVID pandemic 
and a return to normalcy as more people start receiving regular uh, medical care and screenings and all that. So the company partners with hospitals and doctor's offices and pharmacies and manufacturers to help deliver medicines, medical products, healthcare services, things like that. Cardinal Health grows alongside the entire expansion of the healthcare, pharmaceutical, biotech, medical product space, though, without having to take the under or undertake the massive amounts of research and development and innovations that really go into the space overall. So it's operating at a really nice segment. It competes alongside some other core members in this US, US uh, distributor market that includes uh, McKesson and some others. The company has seen some impressive growth over the last decade, uh, including it posted 11.6%, so about 12% growth in 2022. And then the company topped our Q2 FY 2023 estimates in early February and raised its outlook. The company has also undertaken some nice changes to help improve uh, its business model as it tries to catch up to its larger peer in McKesson. And some of this has been spurred by activist investors pushing the company to do better in a business that they see as a stable, booming segment that should be doing well no matter what's going on as the healthcare industry is really important and being a healthcare distributor should be a, a business that should do well pretty much at all times. So with this in mind, the company, as I said, topped their estimates in early February and uh, they, they posted – they topped by 17% last quarter and then 25% in the first quarter and its improved earnings outlook helps it grab a Zach's rank number two buy at the moment. The firm also lands A grades for value and growth on our style score system, and its industry is in the top 15% of over 250 Zach's industries. So looking ahead, we're calling for another roughly 12% revenue growth this year, and then another 5.4% growth next year. And then we're also calling for about 7% bottom line growth, and then another 15% bottom line growth in 2024 fiscal 2024. So that's a good sign from the company. And then in terms of its financial well-being, uh, the company last quarter completed its $1 billion accelerated share repurchase program and it initiated a new $250 million program in the second quarter. So trying to return more value to shareholders. Its dividend yields about 2.5% at the moment. And the stock is in the midst of a nice strong comeback after years of underperformance, which is what I was alluding to with the activist investors pushing the company to do better. So the stock's up 55% in the last two years versus its sector's broader uh, Zach sector's 25% drop and its industry's 4% climb. This includes a 47% surge within the last 12 months. More recently, the stock's up 3% year-to-date and at around $79 per share. It's trading just below its recent highs. And despite that climb, it's sitting at neutral RSI levels of around 50, so it's far from overheated, which is a good sign. And it's been hovering around these levels for several months. And it's trading below both its big, or above, I should say, excuse me, both its big moving averages, having bounced back above its 50-day moving average recently. And then in terms of valuation, its valuation's really solid. It's trading at a nice discount compared to its broader uh Zach's industry, so it's trading at 13.3 times forward earnings, which is just above its 10-year median and well below its highs of 19.3 over the last decade. And it's also trading at a nice discount compared to its industry's 18.3. So Cardinal Health certainly worth considering at the moment as both a near-term play for inflation continuing and possibly some of these tech stocks that have been driven up higher pulling back 
and then as a longer term play within an industry that's certainly not going to go out of style anytime soon. And then the next stock up is Graphic Packaging Holding Company, which trades on the ticker GPK. So Graphic Packaging is a sustainable paper and fiber-based packaging firm with a portfolio of products and services in areas such as food, beverage, food services, personal care, household products, pets, goes on and on. So basically, if products from cereal to frozen food to toothpaste or dog treats are sold in paper-based packaging, there's a good chance uh, Graphic Packaging has sustainable packaging for that various item. We should also note that the company completed its acquisition of AR packaging back in November of 2021. The deal helped the Atlanta-based company broaden its geographical reach, as AR is one of the leading package companies in Europe. So Graphic Packaging boasts that it's now one of the biggest producers of folding cartons and paper-based food service products in the U.S. and Europe, and it holds a leading mark position in various other packaging uh, areas. The company works with countless recognizable brands for folding cartons, cooking solutions, as I mentioned, cups, anything. And GPK has also grown its revenue at a rather solid clip over the last few years, uh, despite a few hiccups along the way. And then in the last several years, rather consistent steady growth. So the company grew its uh, revenue by uh, 7% in 2020 and then 9% in 2021. And the company just posted another huge year of growth. It reported on February 7th with its FY 2022 revenue up 32% and adjusted earnings up 78%. It is worth noting that a ton of that climb was contributed by that acquisition with organic sales up 3%. Uh, looking ahead, the company's outlook has improved as they're trying to open more manufacturing in the U.S. and expand in Europe as well. So their outlook for 2023 uh, has surged since its release and its higher earnings revisions help it land a Saks rank number one strong buy at the moment. And then in terms of growth ahead, we're calling for another 5% revenue growth this year and then another uh, top line growth on top of that next year. And then we're calling for 17% adjusted earnings growth this year, and then even more uh, earnings growth next year. So just consistent growth on top of what are going to be uh, two relatively difficult to compete against periods. The company has also consistently topped our earnings per share estimates, including a 14% average beat in the trailing four quarters. And we should note that Wall Street's pretty high on the stock with 10 of the 13 brokerage recommendations as X has its strong buys. The company also pays a dividend. It's yielding 1.7% at the moment to match its industry. And then in terms of its stock price performance, it's outclimbed the S&P 500 over the last 10 years, up 220% versus 170%, with an even larger gap stretching back if we look over the last 15 years. More recently, it's up 55% in the last five to match the benchmark, and it's soared about 47% in the last two years versus the market's 3% drop. It's up 6% year-to-date, and it's trading not far off its highs at around $23.50 per share the last time it looked. So still a low-price stock as well, which is nice. And it trades 15% below its average Zax price target. And despite that performance, it's still trading right near neutral RSI level, so not overheated in any way. And it bounced back above its 50-day moving average recently. And then in terms of its valuation, along with that cheap stock price, it's trading right near its decade-long lows at just 8.7 times forward earnings, which is a 50% discount to its own highs despite that huge run and 35% value to its own median. 
and this compares really well to the S&P 500. It's 18.5 and the industry is 13.2. So that 8.7 times forward earnings is really nice along with that low price on the stock. So investors might want to consider just how impressive that valuation is for a stock that hit new highs recently. And Wall Street's really been gravitating towards GPK for stability. And it should be a company that should be doing well no matter really what's going on in the economy as it's operating a business that's not going out of style anytime soon. And the last stock up is BJ's Wholesale Club, which trades on the ticker BJ. So BJ's Wholesale is one of the leaders in the warehouse retail space, uh, that club card membership. Its locations are primarily on the East Coast, so it's one of those one-stop shops for consumers selling everything from fruit and vegetables and perishable products to grocery items and TVs and furniture and gasoline. So if you know anything about Costco, it operates essentially the same kind of business. Uh, it's able to offer what it boasts are 25% savings uh, compared to like a similar basket of goods at a regular grocery store. And they obviously do this through those membership fees, which is also what Costco does, which is how they're able to keep their prices low. So their membership fees, they have an inner circle membership fee, costs $55 a year. Uh, then they have other levels that just cost various 110 and just various other levels, just like Costco, uh, for business members and just offering different little perks depending on how often you're going to go and stuff like that. Uh, so overall, BJ's Wholesale first began operations back in New England in the mid-1980s, and now they're operating over 230 stores across nearly 20 states. And the company currently boasts about 6.5 million members. And it's expanding its in-house logistics business, which is nice as it tries to just grow, as it tries to compete against Costco, Walmart, Amazon, who are all trying to boost their uh, logistics businesses as well. In terms of growth, the company, like Costco, is able to keep their costs rather low and highly attractive to customers, even during 40-year high inflation because of those membership fees. The company's membership fee uh, income climbed by 9% during Q3 of 2022 to about $100 million. And then the company topped their Q3 earnings estimates in November, and it lifted its outlook, even as most companies are uh, lowering their guidance across the economy. So its fiscal 2022 revenue is projected to climb 16% to about $19.4 billion, with its adjusted earnings expected to climb 17% as well. The company is also expected to uh, grow its top line 6% next year and grow its earnings as well. And this would come on top of 8% growth last year and 17% in 2020. So just really consistent, nice growth. And its earnings revisions have continued to march higher, including uh, recently. So that helps it land a Zach's rank number one strong buy at the moment. And it's crushed our bottom line revisions or bottom line estimates by 18% uh, over the trailing four quarters. And it's really done really well, topping our estimates nearly every quarter since it went public back in 2018. And then in terms of its stock price performance, its shares are up 220% since its debut back in 2018 to blow away the S&P 500 and Costco during that stretch, which is up 140%. The stock's also up about 240% in the last three years amid this COVID economy and as everyone's looking to save money more recently as well. And... That is also up 67% in the last two years versus the benchmark's 3% and its econ sector's 38% drop. 
the stock is also up a really impressive 13% year to date. And at $75 per share, it's trading just below its recent highs. And yet it's still not at oversold levels, which is nice. And on the valuation front, it's trading nearly in line with its all-time median at about 19.6 times forward earnings, which is just above the S&P 500 and not too far off its econ sector, despite that outperformance. And it's coming in well below its rival in that wholesale club market with Costco trading about 13.6 times forward earnings. And 10 of the 16 brokerage recommendations that Zach has are coming in at strong buys uh, with only uh, five holds. So overall, BJ's wholesale has proved itself uh, within a brutal stretch for the wider stock market. So doing really well in 2022. And so far, it's also climbing along with everything else, growth focused in 2023. So it's certainly a stock that you might want to consider just for the current inflation and then for years and years to come as Americans are always looking to save money and these wholesale club stocks like Costco and BJ's are doing really well and shoppers continue to go back as they operate a nice business model with that membership fee being able to keep their costs low overall. So that does it for another episode of Full Court Finance. Until next time, I'm your host, Ben Rains. And remember, if you have any questions, please feel free to shoot us an email over at podcast at zax.com. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.